Welcome to episode 141 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. Today it's my fourth annual Halloween special. So in the first three years, I did seasonally appropriate TV shows as part of my Turn On, Tune In, Rock Out subseries. First it was Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, then the scary punk rock doubleheader of Quincy's Next Stop Nowhere and the after-school special The Day My Kid Turned Punk. And then last year, I did Alice Cooper's The Nightmare. Well, this year, I'm changing it up, and my Halloween episode will be the first installment of a new sub-series, They Shot a Movie Once, where I talk about theatrical film, films excuse me, about pop and or starring pop stars. And for this occasion, I am looking at a 1986 heavy metal-based horror movie featuring brief appearances from two stars of the genre. So join me now for the fourth annual Amyam Halloween special, special, special Moru, featuring They Shot a Movie Once, number one, Trick or Treat. And I have a special guest with me to, to who is kind of an expert in this movie and in a lot of things heavy metal. He is a comedian and he is also my brother. My brother. My brother. Brother. Ah, uh, yes. I got Hulk, Jeffrey Screw. I got Hulk Hogan over there. Yeah, I, brother. I, I was trying to. I was trying to be be Herbie. Herb. Herb. I laughed it off because of my brother. Oh, okay. Yes. Found out I had a brother. Okay, so tell us a little about yourself and your relationship to this movie. Well, I my name is Jeff. Jeff Stroop. I am your brother. Um, a little about myself. I am a comedian and a bit of an actor. I've done a couple of short uh, independent films. Um, and basically, this movie um, means a lot to me because uh, it was brought to my attention many, many years ago by a very good friend of mine who is no longer with us. Uh, Rest in peace, Alex Capalis. Um, he was living in grief, grief, living in Greece uh, for a, a couple of years with his grandparents. And the one time when he came back, he had uh, discovered this incredible soundtrack called, it was from a, the soundtrack to a movie called Trick or Treat. And we will the, be talking about the and the band the you have to talk about the soundtrack, yes. uh, and it was a soundtrack by all one band. It wasn't like a mixture of you know multiple bands. It was all one band by the name of Fastway, and Alex was just infatuated, loved this soundtrack, and then so eventually, I mean, one thing leads to another. You realize, well, it's a soundtrack, so there must be a movie, and you go out and you check out the movie, and well. Uh, let's say it was an experience. And it spoke to you, man. Yeah, let's just say that when you asked uh, me to rewatch it, I I was I was actually quite dreading the experience. For one, I couldn't find it on any of the streaming services or on YouTube or anything. But I do happen to have the DVD. Yeah. But my DVD player was 
in a box in the corner because oh, yeah, I because yeah. I don't really watch DVDs anymore. Right. I'm watching a lot of streaming, so I had to make an effort of actually getting my DVD player, hooking the DVD player up to the television, and putting a DVD into the machine and pressing play and actually watching. What I'm gonna say, once I got into it, I didn't dread it as much as like, because I I thought okay. I know it's probably not wasn't a great great movie, but I thought it's probably. I, I had a feeling it was going to be worse than than I thought, and actually, it's not no. as bad as as I was expecting. No, I guess that's uh, not great, but it, but it, but it's going to be fun to talk about, definitely. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, and one key question: Did at any point did you play this movie backwards? No, no, I did not. Or any of the music, right? Well, but I have been listening. I've listened to the soundtrack at least two times since since you asked me a couple of days. As the soundtrack is fantastic. Yes. I mean, the movie. I don't think the movie would be the same without right. that particular music. Yes. And it's. Uh, I was reading. It was like a a three and a half million dollar budget, and it made almost. Seven million. It made six hundred yes. six million seven hundred and yeah. some odd. So with the advertising, it probably broke even. Or so yeah. So it wasn't what didn't wasn't terrible, right. but it wasn't great. And if you look at it, there's actually uh, it's not the worst cast. Like no, if, no, if the... you if you dig into the IMDb's and yeah. and look at some of the stars, there are of people it, who had done stump. And people who would do stuff definitely, yes. And it was the directorial debut of somebody who was actually did quite a bit of yes, acting. Yes, and I'll, I'll I'll definitely talk about him and, and his future projects, which are very different from this movie. Oh, oh, I would say so. Yes, I would say so. More more family friendly. Yes. Oh, yes. Films. Yes. Okay, so let me set the scene here. Heavy metal as a genre really starting gaming momentum in the mid-80s, racking up platinum albums, sold-out concerts, and rabid fan bases. It also became highly controversial due to lyrics, album covers, and videos featuring violent and sexual imagery, as well as references to the occult. Groups of concerned parents, fearing that exposure to metal would lure their children into debauchery and devil worship, started calling for action against the genre, leading in part to the creation of the Parents Music Resource Center, fronted by Mary Elizabeth Tipper Gore, wife of then-Senator and future President, Vice President Al Gore. There were hearings in the United States Senate on the issue of sex and violence in pop music, featuring anti-censorship testimony by Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, along with Frank Zappa and, of all people, John Denver. Nice. Yes. Eventually, the music industry agreed to place parental advisory parental advisory stickers on albums with explicit content. Oh, I have many of those. <laughs> you definitely do, yes. Placating parents to a certain degree. But fear of heavy metal, both in and of, in and of itself, as well as what was part of, as part of what was known then as the Satanic Panic, was, very, was still very much in the public consciousness when De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, a group founded by Italian movie producer Dino De Laurentiis, who is perhaps best known these days as the grandfather of celebrity chef Giada De Laurentiis, oh. decided to produce a movie based on the premise of 
what if heavy metal really could kill you? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, if you watch a lot of Giada's shows, he talks about, oh, when my grandfather was making this movie or that movie. Mm. Yes. Anyway, so they hired American graffiti actor Charles Martin Smith to make his debut, directorial debut with a script by the writer of the second Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And so they filmed it in Wilmington, North Carolina. And on, and on October 24th, 1986, Trick or Treat was released in theaters across North America. And 37 years later, I found it online for free in on a kind of a sort of sketchy site. But, but <laughs> I found it. Site. And we will now tell you about it. To uh, step back for a moment, it's uh, you were talking about like the, the whole Tipper Gore and all these uh, yep. uh, trying to, to bring down. Yep. There was actually, I went to... A concert, I probably was 91, 92. I yes. think it was uh, Operation Rock and Roll Tour with, oh, yes. with Alice Cooper, who you referenced earlier. Yes. That was a great special, The, yep. the Nightmare, uh, and Judas Priest. And I don't remember a lot of it, and I don't know if I still have them somewhere, but they were there were people handing out uh, pamphlets and flyers like right. you know about the you know the the evils of of, yes. of heavy ah. metal so so i i've you know growing up in that genre loving that yes. genre yeah i i got you know a lot of I, yeah. I got a lot of the you know it's it's uh the devil's music and yeah. this and kiss is knights and Satan's service and and wasp was we are sex perverts or yes. whatever or a bunch of other, and I think there was even something for Rat. Probably. Um, but, yeah, let's get into the movie. All right. So, the version I saw, it opens with a title screen, and the title actually on this version was Ragman. Oh, the the movie was actually, they were calling it Ragman? Yes. Be, yes. In some, mar in some markets, it was called Ragman. In other markets, it was called Death at 33 RPM. And I think it's because... Even back in the 80s, Halloween was mainly a North American thing. Oh, okay. So they didn't really know what okay. trick-or-treating was. So so they kind of adjusted the title. And so... Yeah. But... but Mine but, obviously said trick-or-treat. Yeah, because but Ragman is an appropriate title as we will look at. Yeah. That I want to... I, I would like to get to... I got questions. Okay. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of questions. Okay. So there's a voiceover... There's a voiceover ominously talking about something about bearing tidings to great Lucifer and asking to slay enemies and other mm. kind of evil stuff. So then we cut to a poster of a big-haired heavy metal singer who is a, who is the fictional Sammy Kerr, who is played by Tony Fields. Yes. Do you know much about Tony Fields? Yes. He first made his name as a dancer on the TV show Solid Gold, and he was in the Michael Jackson videos for Beat It and Thriller. Yes, he was. And... Um... Freddie Mercury chose him for I forget what's what it was. Oh, but oh, I think body language. Yes, it may have been, but yes. yeah, he 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 requested him. Yes, yes, and this was his second movie role after he had a small part in the 1985 movie version of the Broadway musical Chorus Line. Yes, yes, yes. I knew that as well. Yeah. Yep. So now we zoom out to find that we're in the room of a teenage boy named Eddie Weinbauer. He is played by Mark Price, who was and probably still is best known as the Keaton's nerdy neighbor Skippy Handelman on the hit NBC sitcom Family Ties. Yeah, I forget what his actual, the, yeah. his, his first name was. I, I remember when doing yeah. was research. Was it Irwin? 
It may have been. I don't know for I, sure. I'm but. thinking Irwin. So anyway, um, we panned the room to see posters of other heavy metal acts like Judas Priest, Anthrax, Ozzy Osbourne, Twisted Sister. And we also see that Eddie has a pet hamster and a, and a pretty nice stereo. So now we get our first look at Eddie, who's on his bed writing a letter to Sammy Kerr. In, the voice, in a voiceover, we hear Eddie that Eddie's disappointed that Sammy's Halloween concert was canceled. So then we cut to images inside a school as Eddie continues on about how Rock's chosen warriors will rule the apocalypse. But for now, he's, sound, he's surrounded by airheads and brain deads. With one exception, the girlies has a crush on Leslie. Yes, Leslie. Oh, yes. So we see him, and so we see him kind of trying to timidly wave to her, but he ignores her. So then we cut to Eddie eating lunch with his nerdy friend, Roger. Yes. Did you by chance catch... Uh, so he wrote the letter to Sammy Kerr. And yeah. he, did you did you read the, the, the address that it was being sent to? I did. I will get to that. Okay. Yes, I will get to that. And we will definitely talk about it. And I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I hope so, because I know where I'm going. Yes. So Eddie spills chocolate milk on himself. himself mm, yes. And so, and then he gets laughed at by a table full of kid, cool kids, especially a blonde guy named Tim Baines. Yes. Or, yes, he's familiar. Doug Savant. Yes. He would later have long-running regular roles on the TV shows Melrose Place and Desperate Housewives. Yes, he would. Yep. Yes. You've been reading my notes. <laughs> I've been reading Wikipedia. <laughs> and so have you. Yes, I have. <laughs> so then we cut to Eddie coming out of the shower after gym class, where he is greeted by Tim and his cool kid bully buddies, who then proceed to play keep away with one of Eddie's heavy metal cassette tapes. They throw it out the changing room, and Eddie dives after it. Mm -hmm. As he does, Tim snatches Eddie's towel and shuts the door, leaving Eddie naked in the gym, where, as luck would have it, the girls' gym class is playing volleyball. <laughs> always volleyball. Always the eighty was that an eighties thing? It the girls have, always have to play volleyball. It may have been. It may have been volleyball overall. Of course, the infamous scene in Top Gun. Ah, yes, yes. Okay, so there's one girl, Jeannie. Oh yes. Yeah, she decides to get a pol to go get a Polaroid camera, which she has for some reason, and, <laughs> in gym class. Yes, and take a picture of Eddie's bare ass while all the others laugh at him, except for a concerned-looking Leslie. So now we're back in Eddie's room. As he continues his letter, he writes that he sometimes has pretty radical thoughts that no one but Sammy would understand. He says that he is considered suicide, but Sammy and his music is the thing that keeps him going. So apparently, because apparently Sammy went to the same high school as Eddie. Yes. Yes. And he rose above and he can now quote, this is what Eddie writes, just look down at the anthill and smile. So Eddie closes the letter saying, your friend forever, but he spells it Y-R friend number four ever. Mm. But he's a teenage girl in the 90s. <laughs> yes. yes. Ragman. That's what he calls himself. Yes. Why? I don't know. Th there's no significant, like, there's, it's, like, he calls himself that or. Yeah, we, I, yeah, we never learn why. Why? Because I know later he he's only one other person yes. mentions Ragman. Just yes. calls him Ragman. Yes. Well, actually, two if you include uh, Sammy Kerr later on. Yes. But we're jumping ahead there. Right. But there's, Okay. Then he puts in an, it in an envelope 
addressed to Sammy, care of Waste City Records yes. in Hoboken, New Jersey. Hoboken? Yes. Hoboken is known, at least in my mind, for two things. One, it's the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. And, for and two, it's the home of the ice show that the lost penguin in the in this one Bugs Bunny cartoon. Mis- uh, that's where the ice show is, and Bugs mistakenly takes him all the way to the South Pole. Hoboken? Ooh, I'm dying I'm again. Dying again. Yes. South Pole. Yeah, as soon as I saw Hoboken, New Jersey, I'm like, yep. this is going in the notes. Okay. So now we cut to Eddie doing laundry, and there's a TV on in the room, and it's turned tuned to a new show anchored by a woman who introdu- introduces herself as Maggie Wong Hernandez. She isn't really anybody, and just like Leslie isn't really anybody that has much of a resume. Anyway, she introduces a special segment about, what do you know, Sammy Kerr, over footage of Sammy of uh, Sammy performing clad only in what looks like a leather jock strap with presumably fake blood smeared all over his chest. The anchor woman tells us that due to controversy over his suggestive lyrics and on-stage theatrics, he's been banned by the town council from performing at a Halloween party festival at his old school Lake Ridge High. Then she interviews the head of the local PTA, Mrs. Sylvia Cavell. And and because she played a major part in, in the band. Did you find out where, who she was? No, no, I didn't okay, look Okay, well, well, now here's a surprise I can drop you, drop, drop on you. Her name is Alice Nunn, and her best-remembered role would be as Large Marge. Oh, really? Yes, okay, she did look familiar. In Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And... Large Marge sent me. Yes, and, <laughs> and she's got another connection to metal, actually. Because she played third nurse in the 1971 movie, Johnny Got His Gun. Nice. Yes. Third nurse. Third nurse. And, of course, clips clips of that movie were used in the video for Metallica's One. Yes. Yes. Of course, they eventually... S-O-S. Help me. Huh? He is the armless, legless, wonder of the world. Yes. Yes. With Donald Sutherland as yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yes. No arms, no legs. Yes. Anyway, Mrs. Cavell says she's been a teacher for 37 years, and rock music has become an epidemic in schools. But she knows how to deal with sexually active and rebellious teenagers. So then we, the report cuts to Sammy testifying, testifying at a Senate committee. Testifying, that would be interesting. Uh, UFC with, Senate, with, with the Senate, Senate hearings. I'm going to testify to you. I don't know if that means anything. But... <laughs> hey, who knows? Yes, but whatever, we're talking about whatever this... you do, don't look that up in Urban Dictionary. Yes. <laughs> it may exist. It may. And we're talking about this movie, so it doesn't have to make sense. No. Yes. No. Okay, we cut to t- Sammy testifying. At a so sen- basically, it's it's he's more or less being like the Gene or like the D. Snyder sort of yes, thing. Yes, That's kind of what they're playing on here. Yes. I'm guessing. So, so he's at the Senate committee, and a bald guy asked the bald senator, I presume, asked him, if, "Would you want a child of yours to hang around mock rock musicians and their values?" So Sammy responds by asking the senator, "Do you think it's okay for a child of yours to hang around politicians and their values?" And then he starts getting a little, a little aggro, and 
He says, you can't legislate morality, and then he ominously declares, we will bring you down. Okay. So then we cut to, fit, to footage of a building on fire, and we find out that Sammy is dead. Once again, rock star Sammy Kerr has died in a hotel fire at the age of 38. Once again, it looked like your show opened and you didn't say anything about it. <laughs> well, I'm assuming he... Uh... Eddie had turned the television on. Like, right. What, they were already into the story. Yes. And, yes. But it, but and it, they were. Yeah. No. No. I. I know. I. I. I know what you're getting at, but I'm assuming that we probably they probably yeah, said that's you, what we're supposed you know to. our top story tonight. Blah, 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 yeah. And then they show all this footage of, of yeah. his previous yeah. stuff. Yeah. That, that, and then that was what we were. Yeah. That seems to be the idea, but they didn't execute it very well. No. So well, what, there's a there, we'll there's get a lot to, of things. We'll, we'll get to some stuff that weren't executed. Yes. So obviously Eddie is very shocked and stunned by the news and he immediately goes back to his room and starts tearing down all his band posters. Except when he gets to Sammy, he suddenly stops. So now uh, we cut to a close-up of a man and his mouth and a microphone. Good morning, sleepyheads, he says. It's party time with the nukester on this fine Rocktober morning. Oh, yeah. This is a disc jockey named Nuke played by a cowboy-hatted Gene Simmons. Yes. Yeah, who looks nothing like what he looks like on the... This DVD cover yes. is, is... You look... First of all, they want you to think that the, the main stars are uh, Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. Osbourne. Yeah. And they look... Neither one of them look like they do in the movie. Right. And if you look at the back, there's like... This is part of... This isn't even a scene from the movie. This is like the director or some producer or somebody, a makeup guy, yes. and yes. setting up scenes. They're not actually yes. like... Although we will talk about the makeup guy, because he actually appears in the movie, and we'll talk about... Mm. Okay. And some of the things he's done. Okay, so... Yes, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. He, of course, was in the subject of my first Halloween special, Kiss Meets the Phantom in the Park. And since the band removed their makeup in 1983, he'd had two other acting roles before this. He was in an action movie called Runaway with Tom Selleck. Mm -hmm. And he was in an episode of Miami Vice. Yeah, and then he did a few other yes, he, yes, sporadic he movies after this as yes. well. So, so anyway, and something in one of those things that seems to happen a lot in movies and TV, but not so much in real life, Eddie's able to just want wander into the DJ booth and, and start talking. So Nuke, Nuke says, hey, Ragman, and then they start commiserating over Sammy's death. And, and Gene talks about live fast, die young. I guess that's what it was, but at least he left us some great songs. He really spoke to us. And Eddie says, he still does. Dead or alive, it doesn't matter. Nuke seems a little concerned by this response. He thinks that he's going a little overboard. Uh, he tells Eddie that Sammy wasn't a god and that whole, and the whole rock warrior thing was bullshit. But Eddie says, no one understood Sammy like I do. To, Ed, to which Nuke says, you didn't know him. Which Nuke did. He was angry all the time, even when they were going to high school together. So this high school apparently produced... Well, a uh, certain uh, segment of celebrity in the in the metal world. <laughs> anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. 
Anyway, but having said that, uh, Nuke takes out this vinyl record to sh- show to Sammy. I mean, I wrote Sammy to show to Eddie, actually. But it, apparently, this is Sammy's secret final album, the last of the Kerr legacy. Yeah, and it's extra heavy. Yes, yes, the, yes. Eddie holds it and he says, "Well, first he asks him, are you going to play it?'" And he says, "Yeah, I'm. I'm going to." Sammy asked me to play it at midnight on Halloween. And so then Eddie holds the record and says, why is it so heavy? And Nuke says, it's an acetate, a studio demo. It's the only copy. Uh, so he, uh, Eddie gives Nuke the record back, but Nuke puts it in the sleeve and then gives it back to Eddie. You can keep it. But don't you have to play it on Halloween? Yeah, but I've already taped it, says, uh, Nuke says. And besides, you were Sammy's biggest fan, and he would want you to have it. You, who seem really possibly unhealthily into Sammy, Go ahead and have this last record. Yes. Yes. Obsess a little more, why don't you? Yes. And so Eddie is thrilled and he leaves the studio. And so now we're back at school and Roger comes up to Eddie at his locker and said he's worried, was worried because Eddie didn't show up for trigonometry class and says, and says, you're probably bummed out about Sammy, but Eddie's, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so then Leslie comes up to Eddie. She gives him back his tape and, and the Polaroid that the, that, G took of him with his bare ass hanging out and she apologizes to him and because Tim and the guys they take things too far sometimes so then she asks if he's going to the pool party tonight and he says oh yeah of course of course sure so she says great come by around 11 30. I mean 8 30. I don't know why I said 11 30 because that seems to roll off the time he probably should have came uh, yes, 11, he, at 11 30. yes he could have yes maybe she would have been there <laughs> yeah that's true so then we move ahead to eddie at home checking himself out in the mirror so then he gets in, into his car which of course has ragman vanity plates yes why and, <laughs> yes. what does it i mean what does it mean i guess we're supposed to assume that uh, ragman we're supposed to assume that maybe sammy's got a song I, oh, so, maybe that's probably that, that's probably it. That's the that's uh, the, but the they, obsessive freak he is. He's yeah, gotta call himself Ragman after a song. Yeah, maybe I mean, and maybe that maybe there's it was written in an earlier version of the script because dude doesn't just decide to call himself Ragman. No, that I mean, it sounds like you like you're a homeless guy or yeah, you know or 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 a, a British uh, garbage man. Yeah. Yes. So then he goes to the party. It's it's at some kind of public pool, but that's closed. But there, but everybody's sneaking in after hours. So he does that, and all the te- all the teenagers are swimming and they're horsing around on the deck. So so he goes in. He looks around for Leslie and he can't find her. And then he gets noticed by Tim and his buddies, and he says, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And and Eddie says, "I'm meeting someone." And Tim asks, "Who are you meeting?" So Ed keeps looking around. There's no Leslie. There's no Leslie. And somebody, and one of Tim's friends yes. says, this... You got ears, dildo? <laughs> yes. I was waiting for you to say that. Of course. Yes. I, yes. This this movie is surprisingly not very quotable, but that's. But that's oh, it's quotable. I don't know. I, I, I didn't find it super. You got ears, dildo. I thought it would be more quotable. But anyway. I mean, we both grew up in the 80s. I would have been 13 at this time. Yes. I don't ever remember somebody calling somebody else dildo. Yes, but we did, but yeah. Anyway, 
you got anyway so anyway so now genie comes up to him and he said and she says doesn't it get tough maintaining this level this level of creepiness why can't you be normal and he says i don't know what you mean and she says you'd know if you weren't so creepy (laughs) and so then tim tells his like goons to get him out of here and so they move on and eventually he gets pushed in the pool Yes. Well, did you know somebody stuck a weight in some sort of weight into his backpack? Oh, if you notice, yeah, somebody picked up. I don't. It wasn't necessarily a weight, but it was some like sort of metal object, circular metal object. They slipped into his backpack, and then he got more. Oh, oh, I see. He, he. I don't think they pushed him. They kind of pushed him, but they didn't push him into the pool. He stumbled and fell back into the pool. Okay. And that, that was why he was having so much trouble getting yes. the backpack off because there was a, a, some sort of weight in okay. there. Okay. And that's why it was dragging him okay. to the bottom. They, they, were, they were trying to kill him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were essentially trying to murder him. Yep. Okay. So now who shows up to save him? Leslie, finally. Okay. So... So they pull, so she pulls him up and 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 they get out of here and they say, get lost, metalhead. And then you go, we go, Leslie, or some, yes, something. Yeah, somebody yeah, does they, say they, that. They, 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 yeah, they weren't, they weren't too happy yeah, that she damn. saved his life. Damn, we, damn. We Way to not let us murder somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Spoil our fun. Yes. So, so now he, so now he's uh, gone outside and he's walking away and Leslie's chasing after him and she said, I, I would have been there. I would have come sooner, but my mom was late with the car. But Eddie doesn't believe her. He she thinks he thinks she was part of it. Yeah, well, that's what I would have thought yes. too. And so that and so then he says, "I want to nail every one of those bastards." Yep. Yep. He that was, that's the phrase of the movie. Yes, Na- he wants to nail them. Nail them. Nail them all. Yep. I don't know how or when, but I'll nail them. So then he storms off, storms off, leaving Leslie behind with her pouty face. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, so back home, Eddie puts on this the record that Nuke gave, gave him. Nuke gave him. Nuke gave him. <laughs> he puts it on the turntable. He plays it. Sammy Kerr's final album entitled "Songs of the Songs in the Key of Death," which is a reference to Stevie Wonder's 1976 Grammy winning Grammy winning album "Songs in the Key of Life." Mm. That's the one. It's got Sir Duke and I Wish and Isn't She Lovely. Isn't she lovely? And also Pastime Paradise, which was later turned into Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So. All right, where are we? Okay. Eddie sits back and listens, and then he start and he starts having visions of Sammy surrounded by fire, and then he also starts hears hearing these garbled parts that sounds like maybe they could be make sense if they if he played them backwards so he does and there is indeed a hidden message let the big fish hook themselves yep. Yep. the bait is you yep. so what in the world could that mean well well let's see so now we're back at school eddie has and we see eddie put in uh wheel a wheeled office chair near his locker for some reason we don't it will become clear. And then the mop bucket, he moves. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. He would, yes. So then we cut to him, to him in the cafeteria with Roger. Leslie tries to sit with him, but Eddie says, go away. You set me up. I don't want to talk to you anymore. So then he goes over to uh, Tim and his buddies at their table. And, and Tim says, hey, look, it's Aquaman. 
Yes, yes. No, he, yes. Mark Price is not Jason Momoa. Let's let no. <laughs> yes, I get those two confused. I confuse them all the time. Yes. Anyway, Eddie uh, says, hey, Baines. And Jim says, yes, Edward. And he says, eat this. And so he flips his lunch tray at him. But he flips his lunch tray in his face. And so, of course. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, Eddie runs away and they start chasing him. He goes up some stairs and he comes out near his locker and then one of the police runs into that office chair. <laughs> and then my favorite part was when the one guy tried to, I think he tried to jump the the, the uh, mop bucket and there, some water was already spilled and he goes, he, he like flew down the, the stairs. Yep. Yep. He, he yeah. Projectiled. They, yeah. Then they, they go downstairs again and into the library and then the, they all stop running and they just start speed walking through the library. Yeah. Got some show it's kind of quick, library. quick, quick walk. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was funny. Okay, then they go outside. They go into another building and down a hall and into a music room during some kind of band practice. And they're crashing into instruments and everything like that. And then Eddie goes down another hall, and it's one of those things. Uh, Tim turns the corner. Uh, Eddie's gone, but he sees that that a door has just been opened. Yes, if I don't think you mentioned it with that hidden message, there was also it was six six metal. No, no, that comes later. Is that later? No, oh, no, okay. that's the, later. That's, that's the later that's one. Up the later. Part. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is no, this is yeah. They just get in trouble this time. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Tim thinks. Oh, obviously he went in there. So. He there's a fire extinguisher conveniently by, and so he, he well, grabs, it is a school, yes, but I mean, you have yes, a fire extinguisher yes, conveniently in that place at that spot, yeah. Yes, at this time of year, yes. <laughs> yes. localized entirely in your kitchen, yes. Yeah, see it? <laughs> no, it's not like it was Aurora Borealis, no, it, it was not Aurora, Aurora it, Borealis, anyways. Yes, a fire extinguisher, okay. So he grabs it and he just burst into the room and just starts blindly spraying it. Die, sucker! But instead of Eddie, it's, there's, it's like a, it's probably I a think staff it's, room. Yeah, it's probably yeah, a teacher's there, lounge or something. There's yeah. a table full of teachers and they're all just staring at him. They're quite in shock. Yes. And so he's obviously embarrassed. And then in the doorway behind him, we see that Eddie was in, was in the room across the hall. Yes. And so he sneaks out. And then we go back to Eddie's house, and he plays and he plays the backwards message for Roger. So what do you th what do you think? And Roger says it's loud, fast, and thrashing, but it's a little short on melody. No, no, the message. Roger says, yeah, you know, Sammy does this all the time. He puts stuff like that on other records, like "fuck with fire," "burning metal," and "tortures too kind." Yes, "fuck with fire," "fire." <laughs> yes. But Eddie insists that this one's different. This one's, it was ex especially for him. And and Roger says, okay, I'll, I'll believe you. So now, why don't you now go to a Chinese restaurant and buy a bag of fortune cookies so you can plan out the rest of your week? <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good line. Yeah. Yeah. Ro Roger has the best lines. That, that, that is far back. You're, you're biased. No. Well, No. Maybe a little, but Maybe a little. but he but he does. But he yeah, does. he's got some pretty good ones, like like 
near the end, one of probably the last last line that he actually says in the movie. Yes. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. We'll get to it. Okay. All right. But Eddie talks about I did what the message said and it worked. And Roger says, That's that's coincidence. It's you know, backward masking, it's just a scam by record companies, so the kids will they'll ruin their records and they'll buy new copies. And I think your cage is starting to shake, man. Yes. Yeah. And so it says it gotta go, but you want to talk? I'll be around. Was it shake or was it shake loose? I thought it. Okay, okay, it was probably was shake. Loose, yeah, yeah. Was, he just starting to shake loose. Yeah. Okay. So Eddie's by himself again, and he puts a tape in the stereo, and he hits record, and then he puts the he puts the album on again, and he finds a different part to play backwards. First, it's all just garbled nonsense. So Eddie says, "Maybe I am crazy. Maybe." Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then there's a voice that says, "Hey, you, Ragman, unfucking real," says Eddie. Yes. He says, "Okay, hey, this is Ragman. I've got a question. Was that message for me?" The voice replies, "Says that yeah, it's all part of the plan. So what's the plan?" And then the record it's it starts playing backwards by itself, and and the voice says, "Nail them all. Revenge. Remember?" Yeah, yeah, I remember. So then he hears footsteps and he stops playing the record and there's a knock on the door. Eddie, is somebody in there with you? And that's his mother and he that's his mother and his mother tells him to co- go to bed because it's after eleven o'clock. And I did recognize the mom. I thought she looked familiar yes. too. And yes, yes a, she's got a lot. She, yeah. She's probably one of one of the ones right. that has the most credit yeah. going into this. Yes. Elaine Joyce is, yes. is her name. But like for me, I she's best known as she was on a lot of game shows in the seventies, especially match games. Yep, that was yeah, that was at the top. Yep, and the Tattletale, Super Password, yep. Password Plus, What's My Line, I've Got a Secret, right? A bunch of them. Yep, she's yeah, she she did some stuff too. I think yeah. she was in like uh, the Danny K show and yes. did some stuff like that. But right. I think she was but, yeah. she was one of those ones that yeah. Yeah, she was. The, the, that's what. Basically, she was. Yeah, she like became, one of these, like your Charles Nelson Rileys and your Brett Summers and those kind of Danny people. Flag. They they did a couple of things that led them to be on the game show, and the game shows what what yeah what made them. Yeah, she she usually usually be on on the the first seat in the bottom row, the kind of hot the hot chick seat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So 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 anyway, uh, he says okay, and she says, "I wish you'd just leave me alone." And then he goes back to the record and and asks the record, "What's the next step of the plan?" And and this is where uh, the record says, "Metal Machine Six Six Crush." Yes. Yes. Metal Machine Six Six Crush oh. repeats it. Yep. So now we cut to the next day in the school machine shop. So Eddie looks around at a couple of machines and he sits at a desk. He puts he puts that tape he made in, into his Walkman. He puts on headphones and he starts listening. And then he eating a Twinkie. Yep, grabs a Twinkie out of his lunch. So then opens it with his teeth and has to spit the plastic out. And he's having yep. trouble getting the plastic out of his mouth. <laughs> ah yes, typical loser guy. Yep. 
Okay, so then Tim and, the, and his crew show up. I don't know. I don't know how Eddie knew that that's where they look for him, but I don't know if they all have shop class together or. Or maybe they were just stocking them. Maybe possibly. I mean, he, he did. You know, they were upset that yeah. they we're going to get right. to. You know what they. You know they did get some yes. punishment for what. Yeah, the, spraying the the fire extinguisher. So yeah, they, yeah, they were, and they but they've been busy all morning on janitorial duty. Yeah. Because of the fire extinguisher incident, so then Tim puts it, pushes Eddie and his desk over. Oh, did the headbanger bang his head? <laughs> yes. So then he grabs Eddie's Walkman and he says, "How can you listen to this shit?" Then he drops it, he kicks it along the floor, but it's still playing, and mm-hmm. that's then that's important. Yeah. So then Tim just like hurls Eddie across the room and up against the wall. Where are your balls today, Weinbauer? Do you think I'm a puss? No, so he throws a wrench at him. Yep. Do you think I'm a wussy fucking weak tits? Then he throws another wrench yep. at him. Yep. Okay, you're not going to get away with the shit you pulled yesterday. But just at that moment... And he's, of, grabbing a, a, and he's grabbing a, a, a huge wrench at this point. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's, yes. he's about to grab this enormous yes. wrench. Yes. That probably would freaking really hurt him. Right, but just at that moment, one of uh, one of the machines that's right by Tim, it turns on, and he gets his tie caught in. The... Yeah, it was convenient that they just happened to wear ties to school that day. Yeah, well, 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 they're I guess they're typical '80s preppies, so yeah, ties part of the. But I don't think they were wearing ties the day before. Probably not. But no, we need to. Yeah, we got we got we got to we. We're on, we're on janitorial duty. We gotta wear ties. Maybe that was part of the punishment. Oh, maybe punishment. maybe they were sucking up. We'll wear. T- we'll we'll be dressed up so that you know that maybe they'll go easy on us. Cool. Or maybe you know, uh, maybe Sammy Kerr's uh, spirit went to their house and yes. laid laid their clothing out. Where their cl- laid their clothing out for them. Yes. Tie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the the machine. Uh, it, his tie gets caught in it, and it pulls him towards. There's there's some kind of drill aimed at his forehead, and so it keeps pulling him closer and closer. It's going like close to it. It's probably if it gets to him, it's going to go through his eye. Obviously, it's basically where okay, it's go, yeah. where where it's headed. Yeah, so Tim's yelling, "Shut it down! Shut it down!" Mine, mine, mine. And so and so just in time, as it's touching it, basically it's just about. Yeah. To, it's pretty much touching his face at this point. Okay, just. Just in the very nick of time, Eddie shuts off the power. Mm. And so Tim gets up, he leads his gang out, and he's, but he's kind of nervous, like, it's not over yet, man. And of course, do you know what that reminded me of? Not right off hand. Michael J. Fox, Casualties of oh, yeah. War. Yes. This is going to be hell to pay. Yes, yes. I, well, that was a comedian. That yeah, I know, I know, I know. I can't even remember what comedian it was. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hell to pay. Yeah, we don't remember the com- the, the comedian, but we remember, see, because Michael J. Fox, in 1989, he made this really serious Vietnam War movie with Sean Penn called Casualties of War. And, like, people thought, like... Him as a tough guy, he, war he, guy. Michael J. Fox is this really tough soldier. That That doesn't seem like... Yeah, that seems low, like doesn't seem good casting. So, so this, so anyway, this comedian makes for makes fun of him. He's like, "It's gonna be hell to pay." Yeah. So anyway, anyway, Tim like he's all nervous and flustered. That reminded me of that. Yes. And so Eddie, Eddie, so he walks my eyes. Eddie says, "No, not yet." 
And so then we, we go back to the Walkman and we hear that it's playing the 6-6 six, six crush thing again. So now after this, Eddie's driving home and he's he's rocking out to the tape, to the backwards tape. Yes, to the songs being played backwards. So he's, yeah, because he's, yeah, yeah. he's all happy yeah. about it because he got one over on Tim. <laughs> and as I was saying, I believe I believe it was the, the, the track... Hold on to the night, which is on the soundtrack of the Trick or Treat soundtrack by by Fastway, which I'm sure we'll get into. We will definitely we, get. We, we got to get into Fastway. We will at get some into point. Fastway. I I I've got the the perfect spot to get into Fastway. All righty. Yeah. So now now we cut to Eddie's mom. She's in Eddie's room. She's dropping off his clean laundry. So, so she starts looking around, picks up a studded wristband, and starts looking at his records. Yes, there. I forget what was there one like Impaler or something. Exciter. I think it, there wasn't. I think, I think it was, was Impaler. There was Exciter. There was Megadeth. I believe it, that was killing. It was his, killing is my business. Business is good. Yes. And then yeah. 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 And, and then he's looking around at his Sammy Kerr posters, and then all of a sudden, the stereo comes the stereo on. comes alive. The music starts playing. It, Loud too, not just not yeah. just it's of, cranked, of and of course she's freaked out. She's freaked out, and and it shatters a glass with pencils in it. That's not a Memorex commercial. No, it's not. That wasn't. Um, wait, who's the guy? Uh, no, Mark Fitzgerald. No, Mark Anthony Badio. No, he was the guitar player, uh, the singer for Nitro. Apparently, he he oh. he could do that. I forget his right. name. Right. But but I think Ella Fitzgerald was doing it in the maybe maybe in the, in the commercials. Anyway, she's screaming. She's trying to turn the stereo off, but then the music stops, and she turns around. And there's Eddie, and so she's stammering. She's like stammering something. I, I was I was just putting your clean clothes away. Don't hurt me, man. <laughs> she doesn't say the "Don't hurt me, man." No, but... no, no. She doesn't. You uh, added that. I did. Yes. Guilty. But that was, but that you you could tell. Yes. So then Eddie turns off all the lights and he lights a couple. It wasn't of Dustin Hoffman, but you could tell it was just yeah, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman, Michael Jackson. They didn't use their real names, but you, you could tell. tell exactly. Ah, yes, we often together we burst out into spontaneous Simpsons references. Yes. So anyway, uh, he turns off the lights and he lights a couple of candles in front of. A picture of Sammy, so it's got kind of like a shrine going, and so then he puts the record on, and it starts spinning really fast backwards on its own. Yeah. Then the door of the tape deck opens suddenly, and there's this mysterious silver cassette in there. Shiny. Yes. And so Eddie says, "Okay, I'll grab this." So now we're at school again, and and we hear a Nuke doing a, a voiceover promoting his Halloween tribute to Sammy. And we see Tim go into his locker, and he finds that there's a note tape to it, and it's, the note is wrapped in a cassette around this silver tape. And then the note says, Eddie says, this is a peace offering. Okay, so Tim pockets it. And now there's Roger. He's standing there. He's trying to look up the skirt of a cheerleader who's who's who just happens to be up on a ladder hanging up a banner for the Halloween dance. He's really subtle about it. <laughs> So anyway, Eddie comes up to him, and Roger says, "You missed midterms, man." And Eddie says, "Oh, oh, I'll make it up." Roger says, "You can't, you can't make it up. You flunked double goose egg, man. You're shredded wheat, man." Yeah. No, he doesn't say. He should have. 
Eddie doesn't seem to care. Roger says, stop being so wrapped up in this vendetta against him. Then he And then he kind of cites Charles Darwin. He says, the way to survive is to suck up to the fittest. But Eddie says, I'm not do, ever doing that again. So then Leslie comes up to him and says, and he, she asks Eddie if he's okay after the shop incident. Roger says, oh, oh, he doesn't remember. He's got traumatic amnesia. I don't know why he says that, but he does. So Eddie says, Eddie says, hey, you're looking good today, Leslie. What are those? Uh, jeans? Oh, yeah, yeah, those look good. <laughs> anyway, I got to go. That's what he said. So now we cut to nighttime and a car parked by the lake. And so in the kite, in the kite, <laughs> in the car, you got you got Tim and, and Jeannie making out. And so Tim says, I got to take a leak. So he go, goes off to yeah, another take park. a leak. Yeah. <clears throat> so then Jeannie gets a Walkman and she's looking around for a tape to play. So what do you know? She gets she picks this unlabeled, mysterious, unlabeled silver tape. So she puts it in, she plays it, and we're not we're not hearing the music, but suddenly one of the earpieces on the headphones starts glowing. And then we get some state of the nineteen eighty six green art, smoke green animated smoke mist thing starts going down her body, your blouse pops open, yeah, and she starts writhing with it, and then your pants come down and Oh, now my pants are chafing me. Yes, and her bra comes off and and then the green the green mist is kind of gathered around her crotch. And it's forming a hand. It's got fingers like pulling at the underwear. Basically. Ah, yeah. And so she's, she's like kind of arching and groaning like like she's... Enjoying herself? Yes, very much. And then suddenly there's a green lizard monster and she's screaming. Yes. And that green lizard monster, when you, when you think of the rest of the movie... Why? Yeah, where does that come from? Where does that come from? Because it, uh, that's not, it doesn't relate it, to it, any... it. Doesn't it? Doesn't doesn't you know? It doesn't take that form again. No, we didn't. No. Anyway, so Tim hears her. He runs back to the car and he finds her naked and she's like out of it. So and he, and he tries to take the headphones off, but they like melted to her ears. Basically. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he put, lifts the headphone and it's yeah. like gooey like it's been melted like her ears been melted to yeah. it or something yeah so he so he sees the walkman and he sees both oh, and sees the what tape she's been playing and so then we go to eddie's mom's bedroom she's doing aerobics and then yes yep and she's got the tv on and there's a talk show host interviewing the reverend aaron gilstrom about rock pornography yes and of course the reverend is played by the prince of fucking darkness himself darkness Darkness. Darkness. Violence. Darkness. darkness, yes. The Prince of Fucking Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> oh, Ozzy! <laughs> yes. Miss Piggy and Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. That that that, that fit better than Ozzy in this, in playing the priest. Yes, it did. I could see Ozzy and yeah, Miss Piggy he's got over rel- this. He's got relatively normal-looking hair here, and he's wearing, got a shirt, a uh, nice dress shirt and vest on. So he's calling rock musicians and their fans, they're all sick people. So he holds up an album called Do It Like a Dog, and the host says, hey, what, is that about animal behavior? But no, says the Reverend Ozzy. He recites lyrics. Gonna drive my long steel missile down your love channel. Deep, deep, you'll beg for more. Raising hell and serpent score. Feel me, feel me. Now what could that mean other than sexual acts? 
so now we're we back to Eddie in his room and he's in this kind of trance-like state. And then he hears it, Tim starts screaming, wine power, wine power. And Eddie meets him at the front door. Tim goes, you son of a bitch, what did you do to Jeannie? She's in the hospital. And so he comes up to him and then Eddie just like holds his hand out and Tim's like frozen. like. Well, if you notice when he first, before you see uh, Eddie's hand up, when he, when Tim approaches, did you see the pumpkins? The, oh, yeah. the flames, the, oh, the flames oh, yeah. and the pumpkins went up. Oh, okay. That's what freaked oh, yes. Tim out was oh, yes. the fact that I, I know, noticed some afterwards. Yeah, that yeah, the, 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 yeah. Were, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's what the main yeah. thing. Because again, he he steps forward again in a, in a few seconds, and the flames. Right. So he's like, eh. yes, it's like Kane raising his hand. Yes, basically. Anyway. You did something to that tape. I know you're into some weird shit. Stay the hell away from me. So that so then so then he runs away and mom says, and mom says, Eddie, who's at the door? Just a friend. Yeah. So now Eddie's back in his room and he plays the record backwards again. He says, So what happened to Jeannie? Cheap thrill. Yes, cheap thrill. Yes. Eddie says, I'm starting to get worried. You got someone in the hospital. Things are getting too serious, but the voice is saying, nail them all, fuck them. So Eddie says, no, we should stop. But, but the voice is saying, no wimp, no false metal. He says, no, no, it's over, come on. And then the voice says, Leslie. What? No, no, don't. She's got nothing to do with this. She set you up. No, no, she explained it, and I, I believe her now. And voice keeps saying Leslie, and he tried. So Eddie's trying to turn the stereo off, and but then he gets uh, an electric shock, and the voice starts laughing maniacally. And so now mom's knocking on the door. Let her in. We'll nail her too. <laughs> so now he, so now she's telling Eddie that Tim's father, Tim's father's on the phone, and he wants to talk to you. And he says, "Take a message for me. I can't talk right now." But but then the 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 evil record demon or he, he he can now imitate eddie's voice come on in come in mom i need to talk to you and i said no mom don't come in no come in mom and yes. so we go back and forth like that for a bit and then ed just goes right up to the door and kind of blocks the entrance and says and mom says you don't look so good yeah you, you need you're some boiling up for your yeah you're warm yeah. yeah you need some aspirin said, yeah, yeah yeah give yeah. me some aspirin and maybe aspirin aspirin anyway <laughs> Give me some aspirin and maybe some soup. So then she goes off to get all that. And Eddie tries to unplug the stereo and obviously he gets, gets another in. shock. And then the whole room starts shaking. You got stuff falling off the shelves. Eddie's hamster's going crazy. And the music really cranks up. And then you got a can of Pepsi, conveniently enough. can of Pepsi spilling on to, spills onto the record and it mm. starts bubbling. Yeah. And you got flashes, flashes of light. And then a face starts appearing in the wall. Then everything's quiet for a moment. Then you get this big kind of burst of lightning, and there's Sammy, and he's got half his face is burned. Well, he wasn't. He was in a fire. Yes, but yes, but obviously, but okay. The man died in the fire. Yes. Give him a break. Yes, should have time to go to. A... Yeah, I, I just got to come back to life now. Yeah. I, I, I'm no, no. Have time to go to see you know get skin grafts or yes. anything. Right. So he starts looking around in the room, and Eddie's alarm clock starts jumping ahead. The, the little things start flipping, and 
then the TV turns on and and it's still the Reverend Ozzy on the talk show. And he said, what happens at old fashioned love songs? Uh, I love you. That's a nice word. But now it's all sickness. But I'm going to do my best to stop these evil people. But so then Sammy puts his head like his hand on, on the TV image on right on right on Ozzy's face and like he kind of pulls and then he, the face becomes disordered and you, you hear him screaming and then suddenly it's just all snow. Al Snow. Al Snow appeared. Yes. Also late 90s, early 2000 wrestling references apparently. Yes. Okay. So then Sammy t- turns to Eddie and says, you should be loyal to your hero. And then he just disappears. And so Eddie picks up a baseball bat and starts smashing his stereo. And then mom comes in with the soup. Hey, what's going on? What happened to your stereo, Eddie? I wanted a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted a new one. Yeah. Okay. So now Eddie goes to the kitchen. He calls Roger. And Roger puts him on hold just for because because they just got call waiting, call waiting. Yes. Like, yes that exciting new invention invention call waiting he said, yeah. yeah in 1996 86 oh yeah 86 yeah yes. i was gonna say yeah so eddie t- eddie tells roger you, you gotta break into tim's car and, and steal and destroy that this shiny tape i i can't do it i've been grounded until after halloween and so then roger he's Re- reluctantly he's, reluctantly because he doesn't want he's, he's, he's reluctant he's, he's reluctant. gonna get beat up he's reluctant but he he when he goes out even though it's broad daylight he's got his best cat burglar outfit yes. he's all in black with the with the with the hat yes and he's got a coat hanger because how do you break into a car in the in the 80s yep. coat hanger yeah so so he uses the coat hanger to to get in the car he finds the tape yep hold on He's using the coat hanger and not having any luck until he looks and realized the door wasn't even locked. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay. No, if you, yeah. See, I watched. I, I watched. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, the, 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 because you could see even before he realized, you could be like, wait, that door's not yes. even locked. Yeah. So right. he was wait, trying to break wait. into the car with the door not even be locked. Wait. You said, you, you said, if you could see. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's one of the songs on the soundtrack. Yes. The final song on. The soundtrack and it was wasn't originally it was on one of fastway's other albums oh okay yes yes all right okay but so eddie so roger gets the tape he rides his bike home but instead of destroying the tape he's gonna put it in his tape player and he's 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 intrigued he's about to play it but and then eddie calls did they destroy it and roger goes yeah yeah sure sure yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, no problem, buddy. It's very important that you destroyed it. Come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roomline Hot Service. Roomline Hot Service. Yes. Ronnie and, and Nancy show, Spinning Image. Yes. 1980s. 1986, possibly. Was it 86? I think 86 or 87. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Top of So anyway, Roger hangs up and he says something about, I, I, I think that guy's a court will. <laughs> yes. So then he plays the tape starts out as like your basic normal metal and roger rocks out a bit and then he goes to the kitchen to make some chocolate milk and then we got some but then there's the lights flicker and yeah, we hear a zoop. yep the speaker blows and roger comes back into the room and there's sammy hi Raj. he says 
So the lights flicker again, and then the TV turns on, and it changes channels for a bit, and then it lands on our old friend Maggie Hernandez Wong on the news. She reports that the Reverend Gilstrom died on live TV of a massive brain hemorrhage. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder how that happened. Yes. So Roger starts sucking up to Sammy. Uh, yeah, I love you. You're, you're my favorite, man. But Sammy, Got all your albums. Yes. So, so Sammy says, tells him to, to play the tape at, at the dance tonight or die. And then the TV's still on and there's uh, the PTA lady, Sylvia. And then Sammy reaches in the, into the TV. Then she grabs her and he grabs her by the throat and pulls her out. And he... Like picks her up, got her in the choke slam position, yeah. and then he just drops her, and like she's like burned beyond recognition. She's like just yes, yes. Okay, so Sammy says, "Don't forget, play the tape tonight." Then he leaves, and and then later on we see it. We Rogers just vacuuming vacuuming up the remains. Yes, like la, 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 la. yes. So now Eddie's in the shower listening to Nuke on a nearby transistor radio, which will be important later. Yes, one of them, like, shower radios that you could get in, like, the 80s. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. No, it was hanging It was hanging in the shower. Yeah, it was hanging in, but it wasn't hanging. It was hanging, like, on the shower rod. But, yeah. So okay. it was, oh, it was I, probably one of those ones you could take okay. in the shower with you. Okay. It was a thing, man. Yeah, I remember it was a thing where they had, had it, and you could put it right on the... Uh, right on the shower. No, you could hang them on, like, the, the oh, yeah. shower rod or oh, okay. whatever. Anyway, all right. So then he answers the door, and there's this bald man with no shirt on, and he's wearing a headband and a bandolier, and he's carrying a machine gun. He looks like Rambo. Yes. Die, commie pig. So this is Mom's boyfriend, Stan, dressed up as Rambo for Halloween. Yes. And so Mom comes out in a pink jacket, and she's got a pink What a hunk! Yeah, she, I'm Madonna-ish, like yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, she's got the white lace bustier and the fingerless glove. Yes, yeah, so I, I said, I'm guessing Madonna. So anyway, she asks Eddie if he's okay, and she reminds him that he's grounded until tomorrow and tells him, pass out candy to, to the trick-or-treaters. So the, and, and stop. At, and at this point, I'm, I'm sitting watching along and enjoying, you know, Eddie's mom and this Rambo-looking guy. You're enjoying Eddie's mom? Enjoying watching Eddie's mom and... Oh. and I'm getting to the blooper, the, 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 the mistake that I was oh, okay. talking to you before we started recording. All right. Then. So I'm enjoying watching this. And at 59 minutes and 12 seconds into this movie, at the top of the screen, I see this red uh, top head of a microphone come into scene. It comes in first. It comes in a little bit, then it comes back, goes down a little further, then it goes back up, and then it's gone. <laughs> so the you we get a shot, a three and a half million dollar movie made in nineteen eighty six. Not huge budget, but definitely not lo, extremely low budget film. You couldn't remove the boom mic from the scene. I was watching it. I'm like. I had to rewind. I had to take it back because I'm like, was that a boom maker? Was that just something else like, you know, ceiling fan or you got all I know is what. <laughs> but yeah, it's when she crouches, she, she crouches down beside him. Eh? Ah, yeah. She's standing and she crouches down beside him to tell, you know, to say you're right. still down and stuff like yeah. that. I'm assuming she went, she crouched down 
and they moved the boom mic down right. to to catch her her voice better right, right. but yes yeah. if you look and anybody listening yeah. if you want to watch the movie you go to 59 minutes and 12 seconds and they'll you will see a boom mic all right thank you for that but maybe they thought nope nobody will notice that they'll, they'll be too busy enjoying all enjoys yes looking like madonna yep i must admit she looked all right yep so now we we cut to the dance and there's roger walking around we see everybody in costume, uh, uh, mainly the typical costumes. The only one that stood out to me was was the girl who was dressed up as a box of Special K. Oh, I don't think I saw that. I don't, that, that was the that was the only one. That, <coughs> I wasn't really paying that much attention at the day. Yeah, you were too I was doing some other. I was doing some other. I was I was I think cutting some stuff up for dinner or something. Okay, I was multitasking, and when the dance came, I was like, oh, right. So he goes up to the tape deck, tape deck, and he's about to put put the silver tape of doom in. When somebody says Judas, he turns around and he sees Leslie. So he says, "Hey, are you going to play some Judas Priest?" So then, then she asks if you see if have you seen Eddie? And so he, he says, "The boiler room." So, <laughs> oh wait, no, that's what's under the gymnasium. Sorry, wrong movie. Yes. So he says, so he says no, and she takes off. Then we go back to Eddie's, and he's got the living room stereo, and he's tuned into some kind of smooth jazz station. <coughs> and then he turns it off. Death is preferable to this. So then the doorbell rings, and you got a girl dressed as a fairy princess saying, Trick or treat, smell my feet. And so Eddie shuts the door on her. Hey, I think he said, come back tomorrow. Come, yeah, come, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> he said, come back tomorrow and shut the door. Yeah. So then the phone rings and Leslie's calling him from the dance. So she asks, "Are you are you coming?" But he says, "I'm no, I'm I'm not feeling well." Yeah. I'm, so I'm she not says, feeling. "I'm about to leave myself because her costume is unraveling. I think she's kind of like Jeannie from My Dream." Of I know. And he said, "What's that? What, what's that?" And <coughs> she, she was proceeding to explain what the costume was. I yeah. think. And then, and then he said, "No, no, the music. Ah, oh, that's just some tape Roger put in." Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So Eddie hangs up and and he rushes out the door and for some reason the fairy princess girl is still there. Yes. So he just dumps the whole. Should I get, maybe she was waiting till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she may have for, been. Forget what. Forget coming back tomorrow. Right, I'll, I'll be first in line. Yeah. You, you don't have a wristband policy. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be first in line. <laughs> yes. I'm waiting till tomorrow. This is gonna be good. This is gonna pay off. And actually. It does. It does. He dumps right. the entire bowl of candy in her yes, in her does. bag. Yes, he does. So yeah. she's glad she went. I th forget what she said, but she was pleased. Well, I think she just said, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, she was happy. Yes. So Eddie goes into his car, he starts it up, and then the stereo lights up. The demon, and so the, the demon Sammy voice says, going to a party? I don't think so. And it starts driving itself. Yeah. So we try... It tries to run over a kid in a ghost costume, but the kid swerves into like the river or something. And he tries to control the steering wheel, but but the car goes through some police robot roadblocks, and then it go, goes under a parked train car and it shears the top off. Yeah, but fortunately Eddie Duck. Yeah, Eddie Duck. Yeah, and then it runs into some barrels that explode. And now the car's on fire, and Eddie tries to shut it off, and eventually he does. And he's but he's kind of like on the edge of a bridge, just just in time, as usual. 
So he takes out the tape and he destroys it because there was some kind of other tape in, in oh the previous tape, the one he made about yeah yeah. Okay, so he takes out that tape, he destroys it, and then he walks away. So now we go back to the dance, and there's this nerdy kid with the Groucho Marx nose and glasses, and he said, "That was fun, wasn't it?" So somebody turns off turns off Roger's tape, and so this guy introduces the band, the Kickers. Ooh, cool name. Yes, they look like the your Crypt Keeper Five. Or the yes, Crypt Kicker Five. With their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. Yes, they look like your generic nineteen eighty six hair metal types. So they tr they start to try to play, but their yeah. amps are off. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to tune up, and things yeah. aren't working. Right. So the singer goes to an amp and he starts fiddling with the dials, and then there's a flash. A hand comes out of it and it yanks him into the speaker. I think. Yes, and out pops. Well, yeah, like it, he disappears. His yeah. mic, his mic's fallen. His guitar's fallen. Oh yeah, his guitar was flying through the air. Yeah, it was flying through the air. And people, oh yeah, before that, people were starting to. The crowd was getting yeah getting yeah. anxious. And, and and one random guy yells, "Rock and roll!" Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so then somebody catches the guitar, and it, of course it's Sammy. He starts playing a little Actually, riff. no, he doesn't start playing the riff. He starts banging his... Yeah, his... no, no, I, th I thought he played a little riff first, but then he started... Yeah, he starts banging, banging his... It, banging his hip. Well, well, he plays ba something, he plays something, then he like stands like this with his arms... Yeah, I didn't think he... I, 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 I thought he didn't play anything. I just... I, I thought... Anyways, the, the main... The, the, the main thing is he starts banging, banging his hit, fist hit, on his hip. More of a sty, I think. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, the kids they start they start. I'm a purist. Okay. They, <laughs> they start clapping along and they're yeah. chanting rock, rock, and, and then, then the band starts playing the movie's title song. And this is where we're going to talk about about this song and the other hard rock songs that have been playing in the background. Which were done specifically for the movie, most of them. Yeah, there was two that there were two that yes. weren't for the movie. Anyway, but they were done by Fastway. Yes, it was formed in London in 1982. They were originally founded by former Motorhead guitarist Fat Guitarist, guitarist, <laughs> guitarist. Fast Eddie Clark, and bassist Pete Way from the band UFO. But Way, but eventually Pete Way found that because of his. He couldn't get it out of his record contract, so he couldn't join the band. Mm. He ended up in Ozzy Osbourne's band. Yes. And so so anyway, they found another bassist, and their debut album actually was kind of successful. It got to number 31 in the States, number 43 in the UK, and number 70. Was that the self-titled? Yes, self-titled debut album. That had track eight from the soundtrack, Heft. 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 Because they could, you know, they they were originally gonna gonna use it for a, for a garbage bag commercial, of course, for for hefty, but they just said hefty didn't wasn't interested, so they so they changed hefty, hefty, hefty. so they changed a few lyrics and yes. dro dropped the the Y and just yes. we'll call it heft instead. Yes, of course. Anyway, so so the first album did okay, but their next two albums didn't chart, but still they were invited to do the soundtrack of this movie. And they released it as their fourth album. Yes. Fourth and final album with the original vocalist. Dave King. Dave King, who was, I think he was like 22 when he joined, 22, yes. 23 when he joined the band. And he's gone on to 
bigger and better things. Okay. You don't know this? No, I don't do tell. Well, he went on to Katmandu was a band. Okay. He had, I forget there was somebody from Crocus was in that band, mm. but people out there may know him more as the front man for Flogging Molly. Oh yes. Flogging Molly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of. One of those kind of Irish kind of yeah. fans from yeah that's from he Boston. he's yes. they're they're quite they're quite big oh yeah yeah definitely. yeah and he's actually he's one of the founding members and the singer for Flogging Molly cool I knew, I knew there was a reason I brought you out yeah okay so anyway to me I you can probably just critique the music more to me the songs are they're they're pretty typical up up tempo mid 80s hair metal and yeah and this and the song's no no exception no trick-or-treat was it was a good way to lead off the it, it's the first track on the the soundtrack and yeah. it's a, it's a solid way to right. to start um the second track on the album is after midnight and apparently was a single I I, I never heard it on the radio yeah. but I mean in the states or other places uh, right. I mean it's quite possible yeah. that it could have been been played on you know played on a radio yeah. station yeah. but yeah. to me I don't know it's a good song would is there something else I think could have been the right. the, the, the first single because yeah. you gotta you know the thing is you lead with a good solid single you right. might end up getting a second single right. but but I I don't know if, if like the record company was pay, really paying too much attention to them. No, no, no. Yeah. No. And, and and they got the song Tear Down the Walls on there, which conveniently enough was the song playing when he's tearing down all his puppets. Yes, yes. Yes. Then there's uh Don't Stop the Fight was Yep. That that's in the movie somewhere, I believe, yep. as well. Is is but, that is that when they're chasing him? That could be. That could be. Yeah. Or then there's um Okay, next one that yeah, stand up. I oh, think yeah. that one is one of the ones where right. you know, yes. Uh, tear down the walls, like you said, where he's yep. tearing down the posters, and yep. then there's get tough. Uh, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's in there somewhere too. Right. I can't. I can't remember everyone everywhere in where they fall in the movie. I believe hold on to the night is the is what. He's when he was driving in the car listening. Yeah. I yes. believe that's the song yeah. that's being played backwards. Right. Okay. Is hold on to the night because right. I can tell, but the the words may be going backwards, but the the music is pretty much the, mm. the same. Which which I find funny because wouldn't the music not would, quite exactly be the same? So. Yes, you would think so. Anyway, and then uh, the song I mentioned, track eight, is um, heft. heft, which was from. Their debut album, and finally, if you could see the ballad, the ballad, basically, yeah, which was originally on their album "All Fired Up." Yes. Now that's the one. I mean, I am. That could have been a single. I mean, at right. least if there was a second single, that should have been because usually yes. you don't put out your ballad for your first single. No, that's it's usually true. a yes. second or third. Yes. But Fair I also enough. wonder if they, because it was on a previous album, they wouldn't. Maybe they didn't want to release it, maybe, you know. Maybe. It's like the first time this album came out. Yes. Why? Why are we going to right. do it but now? Nobody bought that album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But, anyway, anyway, so so Sammy and the band they're playing the song. I'm not sure who's standing in for the rest of the band, but 
The one credit I could find as far as band members is Kevin, I think you pronounce it Jaeger as the lead guitarist. He's mainly known for doing makeup and special effects. Mm. And and he he did he's done makeup on on like yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Oh, okay, yeah. And he designed the Chucky doll. Yeah, I believe I, I read some of those things. Yeah. Now this per, when the the performance I I, I watched with different eyes okay. uh this time because i mean i probably haven't seen the movie in over 30 years but i want but going into it i already knew a lot of about right about the cast members and stuff yeah. so i watched uh sammy kerr or um what's tony fields tony fields uh performance and you watch and you go yeah he's a dancer yeah. Oh, yeah. When he's leaping yeah. off the speakers and stuff, yeah, you can yeah. I was, really... I was, I was gonna bring it, bring it up. He's like doing spins. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. He did a cartwheel. Yeah. Yes, he did a, do a cartwheel. Yeah. I, that he was showing. He was showing off his. You could. Yeah. It, not knowing, you think, oh, okay, cool. That that yeah. that's kind of okay. going overboard. But it's okay. like I, I wonder if maybe he, you know, there was something in his contract. It's I gotta, I gotta, I gotta showcase my dance moves. Yeah. Well, you know, it he could, could be, but it, but it, but it worked. And no, it does, I, especially at that stage yeah. of of time. If you look at look at um, look at the video for like uh, "Talk Dirty to Me" by Poison right. or something, doing the splits in the air. Look at yeah. like, look at David Lee Roth and yeah. Van Halen yeah. doing splits and yeah. spins, and oh yeah, you know that was very yeah. mu- that was very much part of the genre was yeah. was was, was yeah. a flashy when, showman yeah. it was a flashy front man yes. a show, sh- Def- showman Definitely. of a you know yeah. the, your lead singer was very much of a showman yeah. and anyway you know, he didn't just sing he do backflips and yes. yes so so we see a couple of girls in the crowd they think he's great and one of them says he's even better than the real sammy yes yes so we see leslie walking away from the stage and then we see tim drinking out of, of a cup and then he takes off in the same direction. Yeah. I wonder where they're going. I wonder where he's going. Yes. Anyway, so now Sammy's leading the crowd and pumping their fists and chanting, rock, rock. But then lightning and Disaster. Pink, yes. <laughs> yes. Lightning and pink smoke start coming out of his guitar and he starts zapping random kids. Yeah. And they basically get disintegrated. Yep. And then they start running and other kids start running away. But after the first, did you notice after he disintegrated the first person, another kid just is like, oh, all right, front, front row. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, did uh, you just not see that guy get disintegrated? Yeah. I'm probably part of the show. Ah, my turn to be front. Yeah. Or shoot me next, maybe. Yes. So, so other kids start running away, and then, then the guy who introduced the band, he gets zapped, and you see his, his glasses fall to the floor. Was that um, the director? Was that because he, he, the yeah, director he, played Mr. Somebody? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I thought it was a student, but it could have been a teacher, maybe. Yeah. Because, yeah, I forget what Mr. Hinkley or Winkley or yeah, Hinkley or like some, some, some. Wimbley. I Wimbley, think. yes. Yeah. It might have been something like that. Yes. But yeah, he was, yeah, he had a cameo in. Yes, he did. With, like a lot of his films. Yes. Like, and, 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 and Roger was played by one of the writers. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. So anyway, uh, uh, you see the kids running away. They start tumbling down the stairs in their, ru- in their rush to escape. 
speaker blows, then there's the scene of the exit doors are locked. They yeah. eventually get open. Yeah, and Sammy's like, isn't he? he yeah, yeah, he jumps he, up. yeah, yeah. He he suddenly appears on top of a basketball backboard, and then he swings down on a cable, and 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 he jumps down, and all the kids run the one way, and then the, but then there's this kid in a clown costume who just stands there for a second, and then goes off the other way. Yeah. Yes. Disaster. Yes. So while this while all this is going on, Leslie's in the bathroom. She's got her shirt off for some reason. When she, yeah. Yeah. And I was she, wondering myself. While she was and she's looking herself in the mirror and a, uh, suddenly a hand takes her shirt off the counter and it's Tim. What are you doing here? I got a question. Are you making it with Weinbauer? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, are so, you making it with Weinbauer? Yes. So now we got to Eddie uh, showing up. That's uh, my new solo album. Making it, no, making it with Weinbauer. <laughs> so so anyway, Eddie shows up. He he he's he looks around at what's going on outside. Roger's on the steps. He's kind of got his head. In his yeah, head. Roger's like, oh, I messed uh, up, uh, man. What did you do? Where's Leslie? And so we go back to the bathroom, and Tim tells Leslie that. Eddie tried to kill him, and he put Jeannie in the hospital. He's into some kind of voodoo witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. I just don't want to see you get hurt, too. And now it looks like her bra's off, too, because she's got her arm, yeah. arms crossed in front of her chest. I don't... Yes. And he starts kissing her. Yeah. And... Yes. Before that, Eddie uh, is talking to Roger, and he says, we got to find the breaker box and turn the power off. Roger doesn't care, but then Eddie just says, "Come on!" So he drags him along, and and he they go in, and Eddie starts calling out for Leslie, and then we go back to the bathroom, and Tim's trying to force himself on Leslie. Yeah. Leslie, come on, you did it once. She goes, "Get away, asshole!" So I'm assuming that they they uh, made it once. They very well may have. So anyway, or or he's just saying uh, you did it with wine power, maybe so you're not a virgin. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, so she calls him an asshole, pushes him away, and then he just punches her in the face. And she falls onto the floor, and of course, after that, Are you okay? But she runs away. And then we go to the hall. Uh, Eddie's Eddie's going in one direction, Tim's going in the other direction, and they run into each other. Tim! Weinbauer! Tim, you gotta get out of here. Stay away from me. But then you see a flash come, and he sees a flash appear behind Tim. He says, look out, look out. Yeah. But it's too late. Sammy appears. He gets Tim in a chokehold. He's got him holding up. And then Sammy sticks, sticks his finger. In well, actually, he licks his finger first. Oh, oh. And got to moisten it. Yes, of course. And then he sticks it in the light socket. No. That's cool and all. But he should have, like, you know, there should have been. I mean. He quit. He had, doesn't have saliva. Yeah, he's like some spirit ghost thing. Yes. How does that work? Right. Yes. There. This is more baffling than the boom mic in the scene. Come yes. on. And and his relationship to liquid comes up later. Yes. Yes, it does. A anyway, anyway. So he sticks his finger in the light socket, and Tim explodes, basically. So Eddie runs away and. Leslie pulls him in because there's a phone booth somewhere. Yeah. And he pulls him into the phone booth. And I think she's just suddenly got a top on again. Yeah. And they hug. 
Yeah. Do they get the Did they get the cassette yet? No, they. I, I don't. I don't know what happened to. Because he got he did I think get the cassette. Yeah, I don't remember what what happened to the tape. I don't. I. I don't know if he got got some anyway. Because I thought he pulled the tape out of it and was winding it around. Yes. And... Okay. Okay. Anyway, I don't know if I. I don't know if I missed that part. Anyway, where we are, where I am, is the cops. The cops have showed up. And now we're back to Eddie and Leslie, and Eddie says, tells us, we got to find the circuit breakers. Why? So we can stop them. Who? Yes, Leslie has all the questions. So they find the circuit box, but it's in one of those cage kind of things, and they can't open so, and it. And there's a lock on it. Yep. And then Sammy shows up, and he tells Eddie, we had a deal. And, the, and now Roger shows up, and he's trying to open the box, and Eddie said, don't. Run away. It's too late. Too late. Blah, 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 blah. Roger said, Let me do one thing right. And he's got something, an axe or something. I don't know. It looks like a hammer to me. Oh, when is I, it? When I, I went back and it looked like a hammer. Anyway, he hits the box and yeah. that, that causes the whole thing to blow up somehow. Yeah. And Sammy disappears. Yes. And and Roger's on the floor. And they're both and Leslie and, and Eddie are down looking at him. They think he's dead. But and he Eddie dead. Eddie goes, I think he's dead. And then, or he's dead or something. And then this is where Ed, or Roger had a pretty good line with the, no, I'm not, or I can't remember the exact line, but yes. yeah, it was, Right. he's, he's not dead. Yes. But he's, I think he's dead. I'm not. Okay. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Yes. He has not turned into money by the. Yes. So anyway, now we're back outside and. Somebody's getting carried out on a stretcher, and two cops are interviewing a girl, and she describes the lightning shooting out of the guitar and all that. Yeah. And she says, it was Sammy. Uh, but he's dead. Yeah. I swear it was Sammy. And the cops, they, they make a joke about, we need to see yeah. if there was something in the bunch. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What's in that bunch? Yeah, and so Eddie and Leslie come out. They with with roger they tell yeah they're like, like we, need, we need some help. help and then some, and then somebody yells, that's the guy, that's Eddie Weinbauer. And, and so the cops start chasing them. And so they, they run away. They go down some alleys. But eventually, Leslie says, stop. Come on. Slow down. Explain what's happening to me. And he says, you know how the whole thing about summoning people from the dead and playing with playing albums backwards? Well, I did that. And so now Sammy Kerr is back and he's killing people. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. She doesn't believe him. And I say, yes. I told you. And then she, okay, right. okay, I believe All you. Right. Okay, so somewhere along the line, he he believes all at this point he 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 believes that all the copies have been destroyed, so Sammy should be gone. But then mm -hmm. Leslie asks, "So where'd you get this record in the first place?" And then Eddie remembers, "I got it from Newt, who taped it and is going to play it at midnight. Oh, so there's still one more copy." Yeah. What happens if he plays it? Says Leslie. I don't know. Says Eddie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So he, so he tries to call the station, but there's no one there's no one there except a, a security guard who's sleeping with a copy of Hustler in magazine in, in front of his face. Yes. And when they exit the phone booth, they're in front of a movie theater. Yes. Did you catch Lunch the, of the Dead? Yes. yes. The the name of the movie on the marquee was Lunch of the Dead. Yes. There is no such movie. Oh, well, you looked it up. I think it mentions in the Wikipedia article. Oh, really? Such, it specifically has to specify that there is no such movie. 
There's probably people t- trying to find Lunch of the Dead out there. Very, very what? There very well might be. Anyway. Like people, like Simpson fans are probably out there looking for Ernest does something stupid or Ernest goes somewhere cheap. Yes. Or look who's on Look who's yeah, on Yeah. Who? Wow. Public library. Let's go here, bird. Yes. Okay. Help me get my head out of this toilet, and toilets will come up. <laughs> oh, no, yes, they will. Okay. But it won't be ahead. No. Anyway, Nuke isn't there either, but apparently he's got it automatically set up for the tape to play at midnight, and so it does. And the first track is going to play backwards. Yeah. Yes. I'm introducing the, this is my special tribute to Sammy. The album he never released. So, And in the spirit of Halloween, we're going to play the first cut backwards. So Eddie and Leslie, they, they're they running towards some, probably the station. Yeah. But suddenly, Sammy just bursts out of a nearby house. So, and they run away, they pass a cop car and the cop sees them and he call, he says, uh, calls in requesting backup. He sees the suspect with an unidentified female and also one strange son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so imagine a cop actually. <laughs> yeah, I got the suspect and an unidentified female cop. There's a one strange son of a bitch. Okay, so obviously that's Sammy. The cop's radio blows out, and so the cop gets out of the car and he points a taser at Sammy. And here's what he, he says: "Freeze your ass, buddy, or I'll give you a jolt you'll never forget." Sammy starts coming toward him. The cop shoots, and then Sammy just he does the ah, you got me thing for a bit, and then he pulls out the little taser things, and then he zaps the cop, and then the taser falls, and all we see are the cops. Boots. boots and there's smoke coming out of them. So now Eddie and Leslie they go to Eddie's house. The living room stereo then turns on by itself and Eddie smashes it. He says he tells Leslie to go upstairs to her room and get his keys from his pants pocket. Like like she'll know exactly where his, his yes. room is. She's yes. been there hundreds of times. Yes, because they've made it. Remember? Yes, they're his keys, but they must be for his mom's car because his yes. car is driven away somewhere. He, he left it behind, yeah. It may be in the, in the river or the lake or whatever. Anyway, so other, other radios and TVs start turning on, and Eddie starts destroy, destroying them. I think he also destroys a blender. Oh, yeah, and yeah. a toaster, I think, yeah. and whatever. The and, toaster's been laughing at him. Yes, the toaster has been laughing at him. Yes. And the doll's trying to kill him. Yes. Anyway, he thinks he's got them all. Again. So he goes upstairs. He goes to his room. Leslie hasn't found his keys yet. So he says, they must be in the bathroom. So they go in, but they but there's a transistor radio hanging in the shower. It was a Nakashima. Yes. <laughs> a Japanese transistor radio. Anyway, they find so the little trans the transistor radio begins to smoke. Eddie carefully opens the shower curtain, but there's no one there. So they find his pants, they get his keys, but just as they're about to leave, two flaming handprints appear on, on the door, and then the door explodes. A lot of, a lot of explosions going on here. And there's a lot of flaming toddlers, too. <laughs> no. No flaming toddlers. Night court. Yes. Sneak pit of Chucky's mind. Anyway, so Teddy, th- I mean, Teddy. Eddie throws some kind of metal hamper at him, and Sammy trips over it. And it causes his hand to land in the toilet, and 
Eddie's, Eddie, I mean, Sammy's howling in pain and like sparks are engulfing him because apparently he's, and so he's struggling to get his. Well, he's electricity. Yes. But, but, but. I thought maybe I thought maybe he's somehow related to the Wicked Witch of the West. You know, electricity and water don't go together. I you know, know, it's just I like know. that. It's just like that song. You know, pig and Ele that lover boy song. Pig and elephant DNA just don't won't splice. You know. Okay. Yes. Pig and elephant DNA just won't splice. Uh, yes. You know, it's like Sorry, that. It's like yes. it's it's like. Uh, right. Electricity and water just won't bless. Yes. That sort of thing. Yes, he's a demon, but he but electric but he's electricity, but he has to be powered by electricity. Yeah. We all not, know, by, not, we, not by uh, Satan power. Or anything. And we all know Richard Stamos can't hit a high C. No, <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> ah, yes. So anyway, Eddie and Leslie run outside and. And through the window, Sammy's still struggling, but then when they get to Eddie's mother's car, the struggling stops. Eddie, so Eddie's trying to get in the car, but now it's driving away itself backwards. And so, but they look around, but there's the empty cop car, so, and the keys in the ignition. So they get in and drive off. Eddie turns on the siren. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Have it will. Anyway, so they drive to the radio station, which, of course, like like a lot of radio stations on in TV and movies, it's it's on the outskirts of town and it's in a shack, yeah. and 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 the sign with the call letters on it is almost as tall as the building. Yes. <laughs> ah, yes. So they look in the window and they don't see anybody in the building. Eddie wants to go in, but Leslie says that's suicide. Sammy could be in there, but he says I gotta, I have to go in. This is all my fault. And you stay outside, but she doesn't, of course. They they go in. They see the big reel-to-reel -reel tape machine, and there's the tape with Sammy's with Sammy's album on it, and there's like sparks around it. He's protecting the tape. Ooh. So. So anyway, Eddie grabs sees a radio on the guard's desk, and he grabs it, and then he throws it in the back seat of the cop car, and he and he tells Leslie to stand outside and count to one, count to one hundred. If Sammy comes, run away. But if he doesn't, when you get to when you get to zero, uh, go in and destroy the tape. What about you? She asks. So then he kisses her and says, "Maybe I'll see you later." What do you mean, maybe? What do you mean, maybe? <laughs> this is you're battling some kind of electric, mur murderous electric demon who's risen from the dead. Yeah, I think I I don't think there's and what much happened to that monster that had sex with the girl. Yes, what happened to to Genie's to Genie's lizard lizard lover lizard lizard rapist lizard lizard lover lizard lover how to lizard leave your lover what anyway how to leave your lover for a lizard yes fifty ways to leave your lover for a lizard Paul Sliman. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, Eddie gets in the car and he starts it and he says, gentlemen, start your engines. So Leslie starts counting. So now we're cutting between Eddie driving and he's gradually going faster and faster. And we're cutting between that and Leslie counting backwards from 100. So Eddie starts calling Sammy out. Sammy out. I know you're out there. It's just you and me, man. How about that toilet? 
You looked a little flushed back there. Are you okay, dead man? You know what? I realize I don't need you anymore. You need me. You're nothing without your fans. Who's going to buy your records when we're all gone? So what are you waiting for? Kill me! I guess Rock's chosen warrior is nothing but a fucking wimp poser. That did it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that did it. So so that causes Sammy to appear, but he's trapped in the back seat because they have that, that metal fence cage thing that, and the, separating the front seat from the back seat of cop cars. So he's trapped in like... He's trying to get out and like yeah. sparks are flying. Yeah, and it's starting to melt down a little it's bit. It's ta- yeah, but, but it's taking time, but he's he's okay. he's gonna get him. Okay, so so then uh, so then Eddie says, I hope you can swim, sucker. And then he drives them off a bridge and into the lake. And around that same time, Leslie finishes counting and then so she runs into the station. She takes the butt end of a sledgehammer, not not the not the normal end, but the butt end, like Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Triple H will hit you with the actual sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, too. but he but he doesn't swing it. He like jabs it at. Yeah, her. yeah, and that's kind of what she does with, with the butt end. Anyway, she 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 takes that to the tape. She rips it off the machine, and for good measure, she just knocks the machine over. And then we go back to the lake, and Eddie rises up out of the water. Now, before we get to that, okay, so he drives into the water. And when he hits the water, like it makes like electrical like wave, right? Yeah. Why is Eddie not dead? Why is he not electrocuted? Good question. You drove you just drove live electricity into water and you're in it. She has not knocked it out yet. Yes. Because when he hit the water, it elect she uh, the water got electrified. Yeah. So there's another there's another one of them TV bloopers, as I like to call yes. them. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Yes. Or or, or or else a wizard did it. Yes, a wizard did it. <laughs> so anyway. Or because love conquers all and he has to course. get back to Leslie. Love is the answer to every, Yeah, love, love is the great cop-out thing for, for any time you have. You, you can't get out of a plot and explain why. It's the power of love. The power of love. It's the power of love. Bam, bam. I'm ready to learn about the power of love. <laughs> All right, we're getting sidetracked again. Yes, it's way too are. much. Anyway, so Eddie rides out of the water and he goes, Woohoo! And then we go back to the station. Eddie runs in. He and Leslie have their big, long, it's over. French, and then we see Eddie turning some dials, and now he's now he's in Nuke's chair, and he's at the mic, and he says, "Wake up, sleepyheads! It's party time." He puts a tape into the tape deck, and cut to the credits. Yeah, and that's the movie. And scene. Yeah. So now, so we'll we'll take a little break here, and then we'll give our overall thoughts about the movie, and then and then we'll have a look at at the aftermath. The aftermath. The afterbirth. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have to say, even though I'm even watching this for the cheese factor, I don't think it was very good. I think the acting was okay for the most part. And the gimmick casting of Gene and Ozzy worked. I think I think it worked pretty well. But as a horror movie, and I'm saying this as somebody who definitely not really much of a horror guy, 
I found it pretty lame. You didn't have a lot of gore. And honestly, I think this could have stood to be a, to have, have a little more graphicness to, to its death scenes. And, but well, obviously being a teen horror flick, you're you're always going to have at least a little bit of sex and nudity. Yeah. And the one instance we got was Genie and the Green Mist Lizard Demon, and I I don't know I didn't think much of that. No, it didn't add or subtract. Yeah. But yeah, as you were saying that, it definitely wasn't a slasher movie. It no. wasn't a it wasn't a Friday the Thirteenth. It wasn't yes. a nightmare. It wasn't a right. it wasn't a Halloween. Right. Or, there were there really with the exception of when he was when they were doing the newscast and he had the bit the head off the snake sort of thing yes. with the, the blood there right. was really no blood yeah people were just disintegrated that yes. was basically yeah. how it was yeah even and- even the maybe the goriest part was when uh he was taking the headphones off or, yeah. and there was like gooey, like it was like it was, uh, yeah, or, or the PTA, PTA ladies, like charred body. Yeah. There was no real, right. I mean, it's, is it a horror movie? I, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it a Halloween movie? I don't know. Well, it, it's, it's, well, it's supposed to be. It's set at Halloween. Yes. You know? Yes. I, Kind of. I, because... I, th- I think I, I know they were going to be a little safe, but I th- but I think it, it could it could have used a little bit more, a, l- a little bit more gore and gotten away with it. And I don't know. Maybe maybe not banking your 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 movie on the star power of of a of a of a uh, of, an... of a low 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 supporting cast member from a hit TV show like yes. like Mark Price, a Navy. Well, oh, family, oh, family, oh, oh, family oh, ties was still on at the time. Yes, although most horror movies don't start out with with. Like, no, you don't start out with the big big celebrity. With very big names. Well, I mean, when you you look at Scream and they, yeah, uh, you had Drew Barrymore as yeah, the but, name. Power. Yeah, but that was you had some Nev Campbell. Yeah, but like in, in the eighties, like like nobody from no 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 but i'm just saying yeah but the also the point i want to make is okay so it's family ties yes and you've got this character who is associated with and they they're using it to yes they're using his little bit of yeah even though i believe i read i think he he wasn't even on that many episodes of of I think maybe not even like 20 or 30 oh. episodes yeah just he was memorable right but Family Ties is quite a family film. Yes. Or quite a family television show. So, so maybe they don't, maybe, right. Maybe because Family Ties was still on at the time and he may have still been yeah, on pro- contract with them. Protecting his image. Maybe, maybe they didn't, well, not just protecting his image, but protecting the image of, of Family Ties. We don't want, you I know, see. a ton of blood and go. I mean, that's all spec, you I, know, I, I, I see, I that's see, speculation. I, I see what you're getting. But, I see your point, but there are re, you know why wasn't it more yeah. more gory? I see your point. You know, I, you make a good point. Okay, I think, but I think Tony Fields, the kind of real star, sort of yeah, real main character. Oh, well, Eddie's the main character, but Tony Fields is like the yeah. Well, it's it's like it's like Sammy's the fulcrum. Well, it's like 
the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Heather Langenkamp was the star of the yeah. movie, oh, yeah, but but yeah, yeah, he he's the monster of the movie. Yeah, he yeah, like like Freddy Krueger and uh, Jason and and I'm gonna actually myself in in the short film we did, which was kind of a we call a hilarious tale of tragedy or something. It's basically like a low budget short almost horror film okay okay Ho hold on hold on it's it's at the end when the guest gets to gets to make his plug ah you know you, you've heard enough yeah yeah movies. but anyway. i'm not making it okay i'm i'm making a plug for something that's like six years old yeah, but well. but but I, uh, it's in comparison i was i was the the focal but i would almost say that right Levi, a friend yeah. of mine who's in the movie, he was more of, of the star. Right, okay. But you're not going to associate, you're going to think Gorge, you're going to think the character of the Stroop. You're going to think Nightmare on Elm Street, you're going to think Freddy right. Krueger. Exactly. You're going to think Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason. You're not going to, you're not, you're not going to think, oh, that was the movie that had Kevin Bacon in it. Yeah. No, you're going to think, well, I'm, I'm but right. actually, Friday the 13th is a different thing unto itself because. Jason wasn't actually even the killer in the in the oh, beginning. Yes, it was Jason, course. Jason's mother. Sorry, yeah. uh, Scream. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. You know, got... we could go. You know, oh, on okay. for a hundred years okay. of all so, the different. So anyway, the point I was making is that Tony Fields. I I thought he had convincing charisma as Sammy, but I think he could have used better dialogue. I think there a lot of characters. Yeah. Could have used better better dialogue, but I think, but I think. The Sammy Kerr character could have used like more kind of Freddy Krueger kind of one-liners. Now, do you think he should have been in it more, or do you think, uh, or do you think he was in it enough, I think, or, or I, too much? I even? think he was in it enough the way they set they set it up. I, yeah. I I think he was in it enough. Maybe they could maybe they could have put him in. I really more. the like I said, what bother? I I really think that stupid demon monster in the the yeah should have been sammy it yeah. should have been him yeah that's because true. he even says what what, what was cheap the thrill. cheap thrill you know so that implies that he did it was him yeah. that did it why so why did he take that form uh, for her uh, just to just to terrify her yeah yeah unless unless he knew oh if it's me she'll be into it she won't be scared and is he uh is he a, kind of a shape shifting thing? Yeah. Can yeah. he shape shift? Yeah. There's there's a yeah. There's a lot of a question. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of loopholes yeah. in there. Like I, like I said, the dialogue. I didn't find the movie super quotable. I mean, we did pick out a few, but I yeah. But I but I think again, you could. You could no, read. there's other movies that you could quote you, almost every you, single thing. Yes. But. Like or said, television shows such as The Simpsons, which we probably quote, we've quoted a heck of a lot more than we've quoted this movie. Very much. Yes. Okay. And honestly, I'd say the best part of the movie was the Fastway soundtrack. Oh, yes. 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 It's pretty cheesy, but it's exactly what the movie called for. Well, it's very much what that, like, I'm looking at that time frame. I'm surprised. And the fact that you had somebody like Fast Eddie Clark, yes. who was it from Motorhead and yes. stuff like that. I'm surprised they didn't get more traction than some of the bands that that right. got through. Yes. Um, not saying that necessarily that they're better than say a Poison or right. a Motley Crue or a Right Trickster or yeah, you know, yeah, but or Cinderella they, or any had, of those bands. Yeah, they were one of those bands who had who had some cred going in because of one of them. Yeah, they 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 had yeah, 
they had some traction and they had, you know, like I said, Dave King was a, a fantastic singer and yep. now he's gone on to do bigger and better things. Yep. And why, you know, I guess it can sometimes boil down to the push from the record label. If, yeah. if the record label's not behind you, yeah. like you think about it, they were on, they're on Columbia. Yes. Who, who else was on Columbia at the time? Was, you know, they're like, right. like somebody like, a, I don't know if that was their label or not, but say somebody like a Phil Collins or a Madonna or somebody like that. If, yeah. you, if they have somebody like that on their label. Yeah, Columbia, Columbia would have had like a Billy Joel. Was that also uh, Whitney? No, Whitney was Aerosmith. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, but, no Columbia would have had like a Billy Joel. So they're probably going to put their eggs more into promoting a Billy Joel record. Yeah. Oh, and wasn't the boss even on Columbia? Oh, oh yes, yeah, Springsteen, of course. Yes. Aren't you gonna? So you're gonna probably put your eggs more into a basket with Bruce Springsteen rather than let's let some guy that was in this band Motorhead who really in '86 they were more. I mean, they yeah. were popular, but they weren't what they've become. Over they they right. weren't the the this legendary machine of a, a band that yes that's known they're right. the icons that right. they are now like you know right like, yeah they're, in 86 if you said lemmy people wouldn't yeah most people wouldn't know i didn't know yeah in, at that in, time yet in britain more so but not over here now yeah so 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 anyway yeah the music was probably the best part and and going back to the whole power i wish sammy i wish he had a better weakness than water and I get the whole electricity thing, yes. the whole don't take the toaster in the bathtub thing. But it didn't make for a very exciting final standoff, which is which is another key part yeah. of, of a horror movie. That's yeah. So But then the consistency too, like we said, you know, the licking his finger like he like yes. he actually has saliva. Right. That's okay, but putting your hand in the toilet's not good. And I mean like I said, there, there's plot holes all over the place. Like, you know, yeah. we know an elect electricity being isn't going to have saliva. No. no. Okay. So, Trick or Treat grossed about $6.8 in theaters. The movie has a 5.8 rating on IMDb, on IMDb and a 75% rate, fresh rating on rot, Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. But that's only based on eight reviews, so... Take, take that as much. Seven of those were my reviews. <laughs> Later, obviously, it was released on VHS, and it came out on DVD in 2002. And I have it. Yes. I have it on DVD. Yes. Poorly fo photoshopped cover and all. Yes. Yes. And I guess it must have been popular in Germany, because in 2014, they released a three-disc limited edition there. That's because... Uh... They they were under the impression that David Hasselhoff was in it. Yeah. See, in the, in the German version, they instead of Gene being on the cover, they 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 yes. put David Hasselhoff on the cover, and yes. we all know that Germans love David Hasselhoff. Yes, we do. They actually said the soundtrack was by David Hasselhoff. Of course, yes. I, actually, I believe them in Germany. They may have they may have had David, David Hasselhoff re-record the this. Yes. That would be. I would buy that. Of course. I love the soundtrack to begin with, but imagine if David Hasselhoff, yes. you know, okay. that, that Baywatch theme. Yep. Some people stay in the but that's not is, him. Is that not him? No, that's... I think he's done everything. That's the there. original guy from Survivor. Oh, well. 
that's, no the eye, that's the eye of the tiger guy. Oh, Katy Perry? No. <laughs> Jimmy she's, Jameson? She's got the eye of the tiger. Yes. She's a the mouth of a teamster. She's a champion, and you're going to hear her roar. She's got the eye of the tiger and the mouth of a teamster. Yes, she does. Hack the bone, hack the bone. Anyway, they released a three-disc. In 2014, they put out a three-disc collector's edition with a Blu-ray, a DV, and the soundtrack CD. The director, Charles Martin Smith, he's, he has, he's continued acting, and he's directed more movies, and they're mostly family films involving animals, such as the original Air Bud, yep. Dolphin Tail, Dolphin Tail 2, and A Dog's Way Home. Yep, I looked all those up. Fastway's Trick or Treat sound, soundtrack did crack the Billboard Top 200, but it didn't sell well enough to stop them from getting dropped by their label. And so they broke up, but two years later... Eddie Clark emerged with a new version of Fastway, and they released two albums before breaking up in 1991. And those two albums are? On Target and Bad Bad Girls. And who has them? <laughs> this guy. Well, I haven't. I think I still have the cassettes at home. Oh, I, I don't think I've, I've donated them to Goodwill yet. Right. I, oh, wait. I did try, and they gave them back to me. No. <laughs> Yeah. What yeah. is this? This yeah. isn't even a Twisted Sister pin on your uniform. They said, get yeah. this out of here. Yeah. This isn't the Trick or Treat soundtrack. Yeah. They got excited when they first saw Faster, and then they said, wait, <laughs> this is that. What was that guy's name? Kay Hansen? No, Leah Hart. Oh, Leah Hart. Lee, or it? Lee, but it's spelled L-E-A. Yes. No. Yes. Kay Hansen. Oh, I think, he's, I think he's one of the guys from like Halloween or something, I think. Okay. So... But anyway, uh, Fast Eddie Clark did re he did reunite with with original bassist and guitarist, other than uh, Pete Way, Toby Jepson in 2011 for one more Fast Way album in 2011. I said called Eat Dog Eat. Yes, I think I've seen that. Yes. I haven't been able to find it to right. to listen to it, but right. I did know of it. So Fast Eddie Clark died in 2018 at the age of 67. Tony Fields had a handful of additional movie roles and TV roles before succumbing to AIDS-related cancer in 1995 at the age of just 36. Yeah, I read that, and I was like, AIDS-related cancer? I didn't. I mean, I've heard of dying of AIDS. I've heard of dying of cancer, but I didn't know there was well, there was an AIDS. Well, he probably couldn't because AIDS attacks the immune system. He had cancer, but, but the, the, the but AIDS. It made, it, he, he couldn't fight it as well as most uh, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, that's that was like, you know, right. you can have cancer that was AIDS-related. But, yeah, no, it makes sense that, yeah, the, the immune system wouldn't be able to fight it off. Yeah. And Mark Price, meanwhile, he would go on to host a teen version of the game show Win, Lose, or Draw for the Disney Channel. He appeared in the horror sequel Killer Tomatoes Eat France. And he's had a long career as a stand-up comedian. And he and in recent years he's been part of a touring bill called the Sitcom Legends Tour with Jimmy Walker from Good Times and Marshall Warfield from Night Court. Actually, I can't remember that that's from a few years ago. There's a new tour on yeah, right now. Yeah, I forget it was, what it's called. And yes, yeah, so John Henson. I think he's from like Living Single or something like John that. John Henson is on. Well, 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 well. There's there's a tour he was on. It was the, it well, was, the, it was him and Marshall Warfield and this John Henson. The the most recent I've seen is. Um, I can't remember the one name. It's a female, I think. And um, Mr. Police Academy voice oh, himself. Yeah, Michael yeah. Winslow. The woman. Is, it, 
Is it Shirley Hemphill? I don't remember. I looked she, at she, it a couple of days ago. She's, yeah, she was the waitress on What's Happened. Yeah, I looked at it a couple of days ago, and it, yeah, I forget the name. It was like something to, back to the eighties or some oh, okay. sort of or so, something to do with the eighties or All something. Right. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So. so Return he, Revenge of the Eighties. Oh, I think it's Revenge of the Eighties. Okay. Okay. So. So that's what what people are people are doing have been doing since so anyway this begins the new sub-series they shot a movie once i don't know how often i'm going to do it but there's definitely no short shortage of potential subjects you, i could do neil the neil diamond remake of the jazz singer paul simon and one trick pony rick springfield and hard to hold vanilla ice and cool as ice with yep yep on his jacket the fat boys and disorderlies spice world I actually saw that at the drive-in. What, Disorderly? No, Spice World. Oh, okay. No. no uh, never it, seen Disorderly. I'd like to see that. Yes. I could go to Britain and do a movie starring Cliff Richard, David Essex, and Slade. There's Streets of Fire, Airheads, The Bodyguard, The Commitments. Oh, Airheads. Yeah. Like, you mean like... As in, uh, yeah, yeah, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, yes, featuring their, the song by what was the name? What did they call themselves? The oh, I can't remember what they called their band. No, this are, are you talking the the in Airheads? Oh, 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 the band in Airheads, yeah, I, and they their song was Degenerated, okay, Degenerated, Degenerated. <laughs> Okay. Our lives are complicated because I, I, yeah, I couldn't remember there because I believe um, Bill and Ted they're like the young stallions or something. The wild, stallions. the wild stallions, yeah. The wild with an with a wise stallions. Yeah, stallions with yeah. Two I can't remember what the Airhead guys called their band. Okay. All right. The Barbara Streisand version of A Star Is Born. The animated Ralph Bakshi film American Pop. I could even go back and do a deeper dive into Phantom of the Paradise, which I talked about in episode six. I, that that's that's pretty good. You know? Do you remember Paul Williams? He he was he was like a songwriter, and he'd show up on TV a lot in the seventies. Short guy, short guy, little blonde guy with glasses. Remember enough? And, and, and he wrote he wrote the songs for the Muppet movie, including the the Rainbow Connection. Oh, really? He, he's written a lot. Of, anyway, anyway, he's the bad guy in that. It, it, it's it's a very oh, he's razor ramon no he is not razor ramon. you just said he was the bad guy yes i did okay well anyway i don't know when and i don't know where no don't know when and i don't know what the subject will be i do probably know where here anyway but this sub series will be back but even though this isn't a turn turn on tune in rock out episode i'm still going to do one of my microdose episodes for my patreon and since this movie involves both the supposed de supposed demonic influence of heavy metal and the phenomenon of backwards messages on records, play me backwards. Yes, the frantic, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, heavy metal shop. We had a heavy metal shop in this movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, I'm going to look at videos that cover both of those subjects. First, I'm going to look at a 1983 clip of some TV evangelists exposing the back. Backmasked message, the backmasked messages on Le on a Led Zeppelin song. Then I'm going to watch 
an 80s Australian, well, actually, I traced it back, and it's like from like it's the spring of 1990, but it, 80s, basically. I'm going to watch an Australian news report about allegations of, of the evil influence of heavy metal, and, and this report includes members of Metallica and Judas Priest. Uh, okay. I, I pinpointed it to 1990 because to like the spring of 1990 because they're on they show Metallica and they're on the Injustice for All tour, and and it, and it seems to be it was just before the the Judas Priest trial, which was like mm. in, the, in the summer of 1990, because they had some of the they have some of the lawyers on from that. Okay. Anyway, so if you want to hear about this or hear any of my other previous microdose episodes, including the one I did of a, that went with the Carpenters uh, Space Encounters special, which co-starred the, the late great Suzanne Summers. Mm. Anyway, if you want to hear any of that, uh, you can pledge at either of my two levels, and th- and then you can have a listen to microdose number seven, Synapsinatas. It'll make more sense when you see it spelled out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook feed at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for this episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com, or you can check out the Instagram and Threads accounts at Old Man Yells at Music. And if you didn't get all that, all the links are on my Old Man Yells at Music link tree. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I will link to in the show notes. Also in the show notes is a link to my Patreon, where you can support the show and get all the bonus Microdose episodes, including the latest about the dangers of heavy metal. And make my charts, just like Mike Birmingham. All lyrics quarter are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time on the show, it's back to the charts with September 1972. Learn about what the hits were while Richard Nixon was cruising towards his second term, which, of course, went absolutely smoothly. I don't remember anything, any major scandals to you. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, reminding you to trab, puke, sip, and even et niage. And also, yeah, ifas, yats.